Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Reese, and normally how I do it, I would read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. But I'm not going to do that today. Um, I was actually having a conversation with a very dear friend of mine yesterday, um, and She's actually been on the podcast. However, as we were having this conversation, which our conversations always end up being extremely deep. I don't don't know what that's about. Maybe because we have a lot of similar background experiences. So we're able to just tell our truth, speak our truth, process our truth, past and current. And so um, while we were in this dialogue, it just dropped in my spirit, and I told her, I'm going to talk about this, but I am telling you now, this may offend a lot of religious people. So there's a scripture in the Bible, <clears throat> excuse me, that says it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I wanted to unpack that for a moment, and the reason being is because What happens once you have satisfied the bug? So if you're burning with passion and you marry this person and you do not have a foundation, what happens next? And what I'm learning is that a lot of pastors do not address that issue. And if you're not careful, you can actually excuse me, cause yourself more harm than good because you are operating out of fear instead of making sure that you are guided by truth. And so I believe that the concept of it's better to marry than to burn with passion comes from if you have the desire to be intimate with your partner, then instead of you fornicating, then you should go ahead and marry the individual. And although I agree with that, what happens if you marry the individual and it's for the sake of not fornicating until you get married, and then after you commit the act of consummating your marriage, we'll give it a few months, we'll even give it a few years. You come to realize that I married you because I was burning with passion, but I did not marry you for the intent of being with you for a lifetime. I was simply trying to fulfill a desire. I didn't see being with you for the rest of my life. I know, although I said through good and bad times, till death do us part, I know that's what I said. But initially I was lusting after you. And because I was lusting after you and you only wanted to do anything with me until after you didn't want to do anything with me until after you and I were husband and wife, I didn't see the problem with the quote, unquote, sacrifice. 
See, I knew my intentions were not pure, but because you had a different agenda, and it didn't too much take me off track, I went ahead and obliged. Or the other could happen. So I went ahead and I married you because I, I didn't want to burn with passion. But after we have fulfilled that aspect of the relationship, we discover we don't have anything else in common. Matter of fact, I don't even really like you. But here it is now, I'm married to you. What are we to do? Or there's another scenario. Um, we only were intimate the one time. I got you pregnant, and now we have this family that I wasn't even mentally prepared for. So you have to be careful with some of the, the things that you read without actually counting up the cost. Because I know of a few people who married for the wrong reasons. I was even guilty of marrying for the wrong reasons. I was so quick to stamp God on the deal only because we had conversations about God. So in my naivety, I believed, oh, my goodness, this one is the one. He's the one. He talks about God. He loves God, blase, blase, all of this. Excuse me. And I was actually abstinent in that season of my life as well. And so what ended up happening is that we said I do, but deep down inside, it was like I don't. So you fulfill the passion part, but then you're not fulfilling every other area, excuse me, that is necessary for a successful marriage. You haven't surrounded yourself with a mentor. You haven't surrounded yourself with um, some, like, accountability partners, where the husband has someone holding him accountable for his actions, where you have someone holding you accountable for your actions. You haven't incorporated ways to make your marriage flourish aside from intimacy. But you've honed in on that scripture, well, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. I'm not trying to shack up. And all of this, I'm not condoning the shacking up. I'm not even condoning the fornication. But what I am actually saying is count up the cost. Yes, the Bible does say that. But what happens when you fulfill that burning of passion? See, you got to be willing to dig deeper. You got to be willing to ask those questions that you may not want to ask and have those conversations that may be a bit uncomfortable in order to truly, truly delve into, am I doing this because I just want to fulfill the lust of my flesh? Or am I doing this because I truly want to marry this individual as I believe they are my purpose partner? Or am I doing this because I really just want to have kids? Or am I doing this because I do not want to be ostracized by the church folk? Or am I doing this because I am sick and tired of being alone? Am I doing this for the wrong reasons? Or am I doing this for the right reasons where God can truly get the glory? 
have have we established what it would look like for both of us to be in a relationship with God? Because even if it is better to marry than to burn with passion, what if you're unequally yoked and you've never had those conversations? So you don't know it until after you've said, I do. How do you handle that? How do you handle, I didn't really do the work, quote, unquote. I didn't really court this person with the right intentions because this particular word weighed heavy on my heart and I did not want to be judged by certain people. So I married so that I wouldn't burn with passion. And I understand, I totally understand that burning with passion could be burning in hell because you actually chose doing the sin over doing what was righteous. There's so many different ways to interpret the Bible, so many different ways to interpret the Bible. However, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I believe there are a lot of people that are suffering in silence. I was one of those people. And I remember having a conversation with this individual at that time and telling him, I do not want to fake the funk. I don't want to do that. I don't want to fake the funk. I don't want to pretend like it is what it ain't. I'm not trying to do that. I don't want to live a lie for the sake of appeasing people. I don't want to do what they want me to do. I don't want to look like how they want me to look. I don't want to do that because I'm not happy in this situation. My children were not happy in that situation. And I had to get to the point that I stopped worrying about what church folks said. I had to literally get to that point where I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Y'all are going to have to talk about me, judge me, do whatever, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and make make an end to this thing right here. I can't do this any longer because we were unequally yoked. But because we were following one aspect of the scripture, not true. And even though we had a, we had marriage counseling before we said I do, I had requested to push the wedding date back. And the words from that pastor were, why would you do that? Why would you push the date back of your wedding when you could potentially be blocking your blessing? You see how that word play can truly affect you? Maybe by my pushing that day back, I would not have been blocking my blessings. I could have been blocking a curse. But that the way the words were spoken, it just added another layer of, well, I don't want to be wrong in the sight of God, so let me go ahead and do what the pastor said and marry. Now, <laughs> not later, but now, quickly, 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 that could cause a lot of damage because doesn't the Bible also say be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication make your requests known unto God. So let's just use a scenario. If I am burning with passion and I have learned that it's better for me to marry, but I don't want to move prematurely and I don't want to move anxiously for the sake of 
me falling in a different light. So the desire to marry is there. However, now I'm putting myself through prayer and supplication to make my request known unto God. By making my request known unto God, if we do a decent and in order, there's a strong possibility while I am supplicating and praying, I will get more clarity about the situation, and I can dig deeper to figure out, well, why are you burning in the first place with passion? What is it about this situation that makes you believe that because you're drawn to this individual, this should be the individual that you marry? Have you paid close attention to how this person interacts with your family? Have you paid close attention to how this person is whenever they're angry? Have you paid close attention to how this person handles a budget or handles their finances? Have you paid close attention to those things that could literally cause destruction in your marriage if you're not observing them now and paying attention to the quote-unquote warning signs now? Because there may not be any warning signs. You may get confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation that, okay, girl, that's the one. Okay, boy, that's the one. That's fine. I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is, are you truly taking a moment to count up the cost? Have you truly taken a moment to say, you know what, maybe, although I'm feeling this way, I need to put some distance between me and this individual. Because if it's better to marry than to burn with passion and I'm not ready to be married yet, nor is he, then maybe we need to put some distance between us so that we don't fall into temptation while we're supplicating and praying. Maybe we need to create a way of escape prudently in order for us to avoid falling into into temptation. Maybe we should not be spending so much one-on-one time because maybe that's where the passion is coming from. It's because we're spending all this isolated time. And so you got to take time out to seek the face of God to figure out what does marriage or me wanting to get married, what does it look like and how can it be pleasing in your sight? Because even though I know I've read that scripture, that it is better to marry than to burn with passion, I need for you to give me a divine revelation of what that looks like for me in my now situation. I understand that this is something that was written thousands and thousands of years ago. I get that. That's not my concern in that regard. What I, what I am encouraging you to do is just because you read certain passages of the word, Don't just stop there. Seek the face of God to find out how it applies to you in your now situation. Because you may discover by doing that, that even though it's there, this is what your your situation really is saying and doing, and this is how you need to handle it going forward. And that could save you so much heartache, potentially. And it could save you, I mean, there are people that, look, y'all, I understand that there's an exception to every rule. I get that. There are people that said, I'm not even worried about the scripture. They fornicated day one. They've been married for 60 years. There are people that was like, 
I am honoring the word of God. Never was touched by a man. The man never touched a woman. They got married. They've been married for 60 years. We've already had that dialogue. We can't call it. But what I am saying is try the word for yourself. See how certain scriptures, even if it's dropped in your spirit, if a certain scripture is dropped in your spirit like it was me, try to figure out why was that dropped in your spirit. I believe it was dropped in my spirit because these are things that they're not truly discussed, discussed in the church realm. Now, you may have the option to ask a question and raise your hand and ask the man of God or the woman of God to clarify what this means, but I'm talking about really and truly counting up the cost. Do you know how many people have gotten married, and I've heard it, I've heard it over and over again, and they look up and they're just like, 